This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal Wongal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. Good folks, David James Young here, back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. As always, I hope you are doing well, I hope you've been getting out to catch a bunch of great live music, and I hope you are in a good place right now. I have a wonderful guest this week, it is the Adelaide-based producer, songwriter, singer, uh, multi-instrumentalist and incredibly intriguing performer, uh, Sion Tumahenga, otherwise known as Lonely Speck. Uh, Lonely Speck has been making music for about four or five years now, I think. Uh, they came to my attention in 2016, uh, thanks to friend of the show, Tommy Faith, uh, putting out uh, one of their songs called All My Skin on the Air. I was completely enamored and arrested and so intrigued and so drawn to this uh, artist and this music, uh, the aesthetic, everything going on uh, with uh, everything with this particular artist. So it wasn't before long until they became one of my absolute favorite artists in the country. The Lay VP that came out in 2017 was one of my favorite releases that year. Uh, In particular, the song Happy New Year, which came out uh, fittingly at the start of the year and just ruled my life through that whole period. It's just such a gorgeous piece of music. Uh, Lonely Specs been on the comeback trail this year. Uh, they featured on All Day's third album and they've put out three singles so far this year. All of those are going to be on the third Lonely Spec EP. It's called Abyssal Body and it comes out in two weeks' time exactly. So November 15th, it comes out via Good Manners Records. I am very, very excited to uh, be announcing that and to be sharing that with you guys because I really, really love Lonely Specs music. I find it, yeah, so intriguing and so dark and moody and, yeah, really challenging from a creative standpoint. Sion is a very, very quiet, very timid, very shy, but genuinely such a lovely person. I've been so happy that we've gotten to hang out a few times uh, that they've been to Sydney. And uh, the last time they were here, uh, this was back circa Vivid Festival, so we're going a while back. And we were meeting up for lunch, and I was like, you know what, screw it. Let's let's see if we can't get Sion on the podcast and have a chat. We are out the front of a restaurant, and we're chatting there. And uh, I should clarify that it is very, very noisy <laughs> at points. Uh, there's a lot of traffic going past, there's people going by, uh, all that sort of stuff. But uh, you can still hear our voices through the whole thing. So, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Thanks, as always, to Adam Buncher. 
uh, for helping to engineer this one and for helping to clear up the sound where necessary. As always, All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is a fan and listener-supported podcast. We don't get anywhere without the help and the support of people like yourself. So if you like what you hear, please let people know about it. Maybe leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Maybe tell some friends about it. Maybe subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you would like to go above and beyond the call of duty and throw in a bit of cash per month, you can do so by supporting me, David James Young, over on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you are getting exclusive access to bonus content, uh, news and updates and various discounts and just having a full access to all of the work that I am doing as a freelancer, as a writer, as a podcaster and as a musician. As we always like to do at the start of the month, I just want to give a big, big thank you to the people that are supporting this podcast and keeping the lights on over at Bar Bands HQ. So, massive love and shout out to... Amy Gray, Benaya Colbin, Blake Hennequin, Chris Bowden, Dave McCarthy, David Beckett, David Armstrong, Eleanor Shepard, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Jeremy Dillon, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Casey Beershaw, Liam Sherlaw, Mark Willison, Mary Gleason, Matthew Lynch, Paddy Abelos, Paul McWhorter, Sian Venapcudi, Spencer Scott, Tanya Taylor, and Will McDougall. If you would like to join this list of absolute certifiable legends, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash David James Young. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. Hit me up for any inquiries regarding having someone on the podcast, uh, advertising for the podcast, anything like that. I am more than happy to help out. And as I always say, all my friends are in bar bands is open for business. Would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, let's get into it right now. This is all my friends are in bar bands with my very dear friend, Lonely Speck. What's in my head? I got the pressure of death. I'm manic. Take a deep, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I'm David Jim Chung, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Lonely Speck. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That's wonderful to hear. Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon, we're in Sydney, uh, and uh, Lonely Speck has just been in town for a couple of days. Uh, I was talking off mic about your uh, part in the, uh, the Vivid festivities. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Basically, soundtracked the light installation that's on the MCA building, which is Claudia Nicholson's Let Me Down. Yeah, she just reached out to me about it and said she'd love to have my music soundtrack again. So That's incredible. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. So did you write specifically for the... Um, it's using songs that I've already put out, right. um, but I kind of like mixed them and like they've been chopped around a bit and had some like interludes and stuff put in. How was it like seeing it? Like up close and personal. Yeah, that was really amazing. It's like 
I just went last night to see it. It's an interesting experience. <laughs> I felt I felt kind of like I was in stealth mode or something, yeah, like yeah, going yeah. around, like listening no to. No one it. around would have known it was you. Yeah, like yeah. listening to everyone's like commenting on it and stuff. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool. Someone's just like, "Oh, it's a nice song, is it?" You're just like, "Yeah, yeah, it is." <laughs> yeah. I was kind of hoping, hoping someone would say something like that. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so we met, I think, mid to late 2017 at some point. Did we? Uh, yeah, I think it was through. I believe it was through Tommy Faith. Yes. I think Tommy might have been bumping your shit uh, and got me onto it. And I think we might have originally... Yeah, we would have originally crossed paths on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that's where it was. Yeah. Was Tommy... Tommy put out your first song, um, didn't he? He put out the... It's actually my second EP. The, right, The yeah. Lave EP. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was through Teeth, his label. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Maybe the first song was 2016? Maybe I think that might. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That was 2016. Yeah, so I think the first yeah. single was 2016, which is when yeah he yeah got like me late 2016. You. And then yeah, we would have met in 2017, face to face for the first time when you did a tour with Year. Oh, did we meet then? Yeah, at uh, Oxford Art Factory. That's right. Oh, sorry, I was totally blanking. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. about Howler, which is Melbourne. But yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, no, this was yeah. yeah, this was Oxford. Art I remember Factory. that now. So you were the yeah. main support for that tour. Uh, Front of the show, previous guest of the show, Tim Commander, uh, opened that show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you were doing a whole national run with you at that point. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. yeah. My first like national tour. Yeah. How did you How did you handle it? Like going from you know just doing a couple of like minor spots here and there to you know doing something as full scale as a national tour. Um, it was really it was like a bit daunting because like I've never traveled much in my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was really fun, like, just going to places that I hadn't really been to before and stuff like that. Yeah. I definitely would like to do it again. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. So I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where it was, you know, something you're watching on TV, listening to on the radio, etc., to being something where I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing, I want to play instruments, I want to be in a band, you know, all that sort of... I want to be a musician, basically. <laughs> Tell me a bit about how music kind of factored into your childhood and your upbringing. It was my mum. I was like raised my, by my mum basically, um, right. uh, and she's a big music fan. She doesn't play music, but she's like really into like seventies rock and stuff like that. Yeah, nice. uh, and so yeah, we had like music playing quite a lot around the house, and like yeah. I used to kind of play this little electronic keyboard we had like when I was really little I like a little Casio I don't oh it's like a Yamaha one I think oh yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 I used to play that quite a lot when I was little and I never really thought much of it I guess I, I do remember people saying to me like you should keep that up like <laughs> and stuff like that um, and then I had like lessons at one point when I was maybe about 10 and that kind of put me off it I didn't really enjoy that and I didn't en- no one does yeah I didn't enjoy like hi- like the music classes in school so by my early teens I was kind of like oh I don't really do music like I can't play instruments and stuff but I was still massively into music mm. and then when I was 15 we we had like an acoustic guitar just lying around the house right, I was yeah, just yeah. like I, at that point I really wanted to play drums yeah but um the acoustic guitar was there so I was just like I'm just gonna see if I can figure out how to play some things and I just like 
couldn't stop playing it. <laughs> like, didn't put it down for like two years, pretty much. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you were in Adelaide? Yeah. Like in the hills, suburbs, or about uh, suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you were you like relatively close to like a local music scene, or was it the kind of thing where you didn't really pick up on that until later on? Um, yeah, I didn't really pick up on that until the band I had with my some high school mates. Yeah. Um, we started gigging like a couple years after we got out of high school. Right. So that's when we started to kind of get into a like Adelaide live scene, I guess. Did you perform at all before that? Like, do you remember the first time you played live? Actually, the first time we played... Oh, wait, actually, the first time I performed in front of anyone was mm. at our high school graduation with two of the mates who were in the band as well. And we played Hallelujah. Of course you <laughs> um, did. And I had, like, this shreddy guitar solo in the middle of it. I was really shy in high school and, like, mm. kind of didn't really like, go outside oh my, my own group and stuff that much. Mm. And, like, I didn't show off anything or whatever but I'm like it's kind of like my last chance to show off in yeah, high yeah. school so I was just like gonna do whatever and yeah that was like the most nerve-wracking thing in my life oh, at God. that time yeah, yeah. and then the net the following year we played like at an event at the high school which was kind of our first proper live performance right and that was the f- I remember being like elated after that yeah. I was just like I'd never, like, felt so, like, pumped up from... Like, I didn't realise I could feel so pumped up from performing or whatever. I was, like, adamantly against singing in front of anyone Mm. for a long time. And I'm still kind of working through, like, the repercussions of, like, that. But, yeah, it wasn't until, like, quite a few years after that that I started singing in front of anyone. Yeah, right. So what was the the band uh, coming out of high school? It was called Iridescent. At least that was, like, the final of many names that yeah, we settled yeah, on. Yeah, you always go through so many. Yeah. <laughs> many really bad names. Yeah. yeah, we were kind of like an alternative rock, funky-ish band. Yeah. We started to introduce some kind of prog elements, because me and the drummer were really into prog. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah. What what kind of stuff were you playing? Like, was it just like one of those classic high school things where it's just like, oh, we will play literally anywhere that you want us to? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, um, we practiced for just jammed for like a few years yeah. I guess without really playing gigs so I guess we were like relatively tight by the time we started gigging mm. and kind of had a good sense about each other's kind of groove and stuff what other music were you doing like before Lonely Spec kicked off yeah well I started recording my own stuff when I was like 17 16 right. or 17 no yeah 16 or 17 was that just instrumental uh yeah at first yeah. um I'd like record I use like a headset microphone um, that I bought from JV Hi-Fi for like 20 bucks classic (laughs) Um, and then like put that in front of my little practice amp and yeah started recording and that's I really like fell in love with the recording process Mm. and that's kind of been a big focus for me ever since really like been doing it for 10 years now yeah (laughs) Um, yeah Uh, so yeah I did that I started recording vocals like maybe a year into it um, very tentatively and like not really showing it to anyone yeah but yeah back then it was like all kind of rock stuff I wasn't even really into electronic music or like R&B or anything like that back then what changed? I had this big phase of just kind of wanting to push my own boundaries of what I can 
listen to, I guess. And I think it was actually started by Silverchair. Yeah, right. I was, I was like a fan of Silverchair growing up as a kid and stuff, but I didn't really get into their more kind of softer experimental stuff. Right, yeah. Um, but then I, I borrowed the Live From Far Away Stables DVD from my library and so I was just great. absolutely blown away by... Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And that kind of sent me on a path of like just seeking out experimental stuff. And yeah, it just put me on this big... Like I got into some really extreme metal and like noise music and post-punk and when I'd previously just kind of listened to alternative rock mostly and yeah and I, it kind of came full circle and I got into like pop and R&B and stuff that was the kind of last frontier for me yeah yeah <laughs> at that point once you broke down the barrier just like alright just everything yeah, is like yeah, taking it all in just like yeah. come to me jungle friends I love it <laughs> yeah what uh, happens in between uh, this high school band breaking up and you kind of venturing out and you know starting to perform, you know, by yourself? Well, there was a little bit of a crossover between the high school band and the beginnings of Lonely Spec. That one was kind of fizzling out as the other one right. started, I guess. Oh, it was. Like, I mean, we're still all really good friends, but yeah, we just had like lineup issues and like. I feel like it was taking up a lot of my time that I would have preferred to put to Lonely Spec yeah, and sure. stuff like that. And yeah, we were just kind of going in different life directions and stuff. Mm. From when I started playing and making music, I've always just loved making it on my own. Right. So I really wanted to make that my priority and I decided to like put a name to it and stuff and that's kind of when Lonely Spec started. So how, how old were you at that point? Uh, like 21, 22. Do you remember yeah. the first time you did anything like in front of other people with that? Yeah, I did some kind of open mic-ish kind of nights. And I also had some... Oh, I also did... Some of my first gigs were like just me and guitar. Yeah. And yeah, that was kind of, I guess, me warming up to being able to sing in front of people and stuff like that because it was such a big... Yeah, like was, like, was it kind of a nerve-wracking thing? Was it playing on you? Uh, yeah, it was like... I remember a lot of those early gigs, it would take me like a song or two to find my voice, kind of, because it was just so shaky and stuff. Yeah. How do you feel like you've kind of developed in terms of coming, overcoming that, in terms of your own insecurities and your own uncertainties regarding, you know, being able to, you know, stand up there and perform? I think it took me a while to kind of enjoy singing, I guess, in like a more carefree way, I think. Yeah, I still, I'm still kind of finding my voice, I guess. Like, it's a ongoing process. And, like, actually a big thing, I guess, because, like, when I was first starting to sing, I was listening to, like, Muse and, yeah. like, My Chemical Romance. Oh, and, yeah, like, so just completely just extremely, OGT. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was trying to sing like that, and I, it was really hard. Yeah. Um, I think I actually I had a bigger range back then as a result. Like realizing that I'm I can just sing quietly and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah. is like a big thing for me. And like, totally. Um, I remember seeing uh, a jazz singer. Do you remember that show that was like the Abbey Road sessions? Where, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember seeing this jazz singer called Melody Gardo mm-hmm. on there, and was like floored by. Uh, she performed a cover of 
Because by the Beatles, just because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I remember it was just like blew me away. But she had this just kind of whispery singing voice, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, you can actually like sing really quietly and st- still sound good, kind of thing. That was kind of a turning moment for me, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're just still just playing around Adelaide for the past few years? Mm, yeah, to- yeah. I didn't place interstate until twenty fifth. No, 16. Yeah, I played Sydney. That was like my first time going into state. Yeah, for, crazy. Um, not ever, but like yeah. first time for music. For, for your music, yeah. yeah. But I think only this, maybe like the third time ever or something. Yeah, crazy. Um, so, yeah, that whole time you were just doing gigs around Adelaide? Yeah, just at pubs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, for me, like I've always seen Adelaide as, you know, very... You know, it's a very rocky scene, you know, mm. like, you know, most of the people I know from Adelaide are in rock bands, you know, Horror My Friend, West End, yeah. Heartaches, you know, a lot of them are in the same bands, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horror My Friend and West End, perfect example. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like, were you finding that you had to kind of play a lot of mixed bills in order to, you know, be able to play anywhere? Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of that. I was kind of like, there was a kind of small... Uh, kind of experimental electronic scene yeah. there was like bands like Swimming I don't know if you knew them no, um, they made like really beautiful indie electronic pop I guess yeah cool um, they were kind of one of the first Adelaide electronic artists that I knew and yeah there was a few other people playing around that I'd see occasionally but I didn't really know how to get into that scene or anything yeah it's all about who you know yeah, yeah. And if you don't know anyone, it's just like, well... <laughs> yeah, and then, like, a friend of mine who was in, like, a rock band introduced me to his friend who was an electronic artist. And he and another friend were starting to do these electronic-based shows and stuff. So yeah, I guess yeah. that kind of got the ball rolling a bit in yeah. that kind of area. Do you, yeah. do you find, like, pubs can be, like, particularly hostile for your kind of music? Like, you know, because... I feel like what you do, you know, you definitely have to, like, really focus and really listen and, you know, like, at pubs, you, you got to be honest, you know, but you're not always getting that, you know. You, yeah. You'll definitely, do, you know, people will still think you're sound checking, but you're actually playing and they're just yeah. talking over you the whole time. Yeah, it's kind of, it can go both ways because sometimes it forces people to pay attention a little bit, I think, and, like, people kind of quieten down because of it. Yeah. Whereas other times you just get talked over and stuff. But, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess most of the shows I was playing were, like, really small with friends and stuff. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Yeah. How have you found uh, bringing your music to, like, a wider audience than, you know, being able to play in Sydney, being able to play in Melbourne? Like, you know, having people that, you know, have you know, don't even live in Australia that know about your music mm. now. Like, I can imagine that's, like, a, a pretty full-on thing to, to even comprehend, you know, especially yeah. at that age. Yeah, I think, well, like, almost starting out, there was kind of... Because it was, like, very internet-focused, mm. like, mm. when I kind of... I guess, in a way, that was kind of the first kind of networking and stuff I did relating to music was through, like, SoundCloud and stuff. Yeah. Um... And, like, my first EP, which not many people know about, um, which came out in 2014, was through a London label um, that I randomly got in touch with via, like, Twitter and SoundCloud and stuff. Yeah. Which is headed by a guy 
who goes by the name of Vegan, who's actually produces for Frank Ocean stuff now, yeah, no which is pretty wild. And he was just like starting out then and stuff as well. So we kind of, and I just heard one of his songs on SoundCloud. And I was like, hey, I really like this track. And then we got in touch and stuff all the way back then. Wow, you're less than six degrees from Frank Ocean now. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Get him on the next record, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I remember like one of the first kind of things that felt like a break was like this guy from a pretty popular fashion blog from like New York reposted my song and it like yeah, got wow. heaps of plays. Yeah. That was like a really early Lonely Spec song. Yeah, and that was kind of when I started feeling like oh people like actually want to listen to this kind yeah, of stuff yeah. and if I play my cards right I can get people to listen more and stuff like that yeah yeah totally yeah I mean like you've said all of what you do is you know very studio specific and you know you're like there's so much you can do within the, those confines like has there been difficulty in kind of adapting that and translating that to a live show where you're just like oh okay so you know I have this whole arrangement like how can I do that with just you know me my guitar and this sequencer yeah I think I'm still working out how to do stuff live in a way that's like engaging I guess I guess it's always evolving what I want to like present and like get out of live performing I think yeah I'm still kind of it's definitely not a natural thing for me yeah. <laughs> to like perform in front of people. I really want to get to a stage where it's kind of I can treat it as a release and like get into it and stuff yeah. properly and not just kind of stand there rigidly. Yeah. Which I definitely did for like the first few years I yeah, of was playing and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of want to gradually become more of a performer and less of like less button pushing and stuff. Yeah. Not that there's that much anyway at the moment now. Sure. But like, yeah, I prefer to just focus on singing and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, now at this point, like, the, the last EP was about 18 months ago, two years ago now. Mm. And, uh, yeah, now you kind of... <laughs> I, like, look, oh God. No, it's not, dude, I haven't put out anything out in years. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I know what it's like, you know, you get caught up in your own head so much, but like... Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, you were mentioning you're kind of in the midst of putting together the next EP now. Mm. So, uh, yeah, like, where do you kind of see things going in terms of, like, what you've done in the past, in terms of what you're doing now, etc.? Like, do, do you sense there's an evolution in, in your creative process in terms of doing this new stuff? Yeah, it's definitely evolved. I mean, well, this uh, EP is the first release I've made on Ableton. Right. which I switched to. I used to use this program called Linux Multimedia Studio, which is right. like this really obscure, free, kind of weird version of Fruity Loops, kind of. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, which is what I started producing on, because it was free. So that was, um, on the, that was the last EP? Yeah. Yeah, right. And also a bit of Reaper on the last EP. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've started using Ableton, which has kind of opened up a lot of possibilities for like creating like complex textures and stuff i think yeah true um which is a big part of my music yeah um so yeah i've been like really trying to integrate a lot of different sounds you know like the most seamless way possible with this new stuff like i've been there's a lot more like rock influences and probably more pop influences as well like i've I'm like a massive Charlie XCX fan and stuff. Yeah. Like, but yeah, also listen to like a lot of Deftones and Linkin Park and yeah. yeah, it's kind of this mashup of like all of 
that. Like what I listen to now and what I listened to when I was 15. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Just trying to find that Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, so we'll wrap it up here. But before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, and now it's your turn. I want to know about the best and the worst shows you've ever played. The best and worst shows? Ah, that's difficult. The f- one that definitely springs to mind as one of the best is my EP launch in Sydney in 2017. Yeah. Which was like, yeah, that was my first headline show interstate, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was so fun. We had like Jay's Ways and Looper J and Gussie on the lineup, mm. which was so beautiful. Yeah, it was just such a fun night and like way more people came than I ever would have expected kind of thing. Yeah, it was really lovely. Yeah, worst show. God. I don't know, I guess there's like a... There's two kind of bad shows. There's like shows where everyone enjoys it and you think you did really badly (laughs) and then there's shows where like it's it all just goes to shit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. I've definitely played some weird ones. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't want to, like, just spend five minutes trying to think of something. Um, I feel like it was probably in, like, 2015 or something. I'm trying to think if there's any that I've, like, had a bad audience or something. Yeah. I think my, my audiences are usually really respectful. Sometimes, like, even more respectful than I want them to be. Like, they sit down yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just super tranquil. Yeah. So I, like, feel like I can't play anything too upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and another another best one was the, the EP launch in Adelaide I did, which was a similar kind of really homey, just, like, positive vibe. Where'd you do that? Um, at a venue called Ancient World. Okay. Um, which is like this cool little underground basement thing. Yeah. I know I've played bad shows. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has. I, I know there's this one that I went everything wrong. And one that I do remember was quite bad was like the first time I tried... Because I, I run stuff through a sampler live. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Roland SP404. And I originally I used just a guitar lead out of the headphone jack mm. to go to the into the DI the first gig I tried to do stereo output mm. like I didn't really understand how stereo phasing and stuff works so like it ended up doing that thing where it blocks out the center <laughs> channel and like you only get the really washy kind of yeah. reverbs and yeah that was just terrible and like I, I remember just feeling <laughs> like this is meant to hit so much harder and yeah. stuff um, <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely an unexpected ambient set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also remember one show where I spilled my water on the on the like fold back oh, speaker. Shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I did want to ask and see where it landed on the spectrum was uh, like still to this day a show I can't believe actually happened, which is you opening for the Dylan Escape. <laughs> yeah. <plan. laughs> I still can't believe that happened either. <laughs> How how did that happen? Firstly? I honestly have no idea, and I would really like to know who put my name on, yeah. up for that. Like, I just got contacted by like the booking agent, yeah, and was like, I think no, yeah, they just said like someone mentioned your name or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and you just like I, I don't know if you've heard my stuff, but uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was just like 
fuck yeah. Like, yeah. I love the Dillinger escape plan. But yeah, I, I remember I bumped into Lachlan Watt um, yeah. at Big Sound around that time as well. And he said like something about how they'd been struggling to find supports in Adelaide or something. Yeah, right. So maybe they were kind of like just trying whatever they could get sure. at that point or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, it was really cool. I remember I, I was like way too shy to talk to them. Yeah. But their guitar tech said my set was really good, so that's cool. That's something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Okay, so do you have a projected uh, time slash release spectrum for the next EP yet? It's pretty, like, we're still working it out, so I guess it's pretty under wraps for now, yeah. but, like, it's definitely getting really close, I think. And you reckon this year? Yeah, definitely this year. Probably in the next couple of months, I reckon you'll see... The first single yeah excellent yeah and then rolling out from there yeah like. sweet uh i think by the time this comes out uh you'll also have a track on the new all day record as well yeah <laughs> yeah which is very exciting that's a cool one yeah. yeah have you have you done anything like like uh live with him yet are you, are you planning to do that for the um i don't know maybe he's doing, that'd be he's cool doing the Thebby on this tour isn't he yeah i think he's doing maybe fowlers i can't remember Maybe HQ? Oh, true. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I feel like he's too big for Rocket Bar. Yeah, I'd say Probably so. Probably HQ. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Yeah, it's HQ. Cool. On and that's with, like, Morat as well? Morat and East and oh, yeah. Jackson. Yeah. That's awesome lineup. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty tight lineup. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I reckon slide into those DMs. Make it happen. Yeah. I did actually. I, I think I said I be coming to it like I commented under his post on Twitter and he yeah. like sent me a winky face or something so <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean that can mean anything fellas yeah <laughs> yeah so but yeah. Uh, yes uh, plenty plenty more where that came from but uh, in the meantime Sion thank you so so much for taking the time to chat to us today I really appreciate yeah, it yeah thank you for having me it's Absolute been fun pleasure. I'm David Chen Chong and all my friends are in Barbara